DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake, Wake that, that ass up. The Breakfast Club is on right now. I have to live I'm talking to the Breakfast Club this morning. Okay, okay, okay. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me. I'm returning. I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, the Breakfast Club is where people get their information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday! Yes, it's Tuesday. Yes, it is, damn it. How y'all feeling? I feel good. I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. I feel energized. One day I'm gonna give me some headphones that work for more than goddamn six months. I swear, man. Headphones broke again? Yes, man. He's damn beach by trades, man. He's beach How by trades. I've had these headphones last. for years. Well. These are my Brooklyn Nets uh, beats by Dre headphones. These things, I don't know what be up, man. I think it's you. It might be me. It has to be. Well, I, I do a lot of work in these headphones. I yeah. burn them down. Run oh, through no. them. Like Air Force. Oh, there they go. I don't know what the hell is happening. Just, just plug it in. Plug it in. Plug it in. It's levels of slayers, so pray for the players. Plug hey, drop in. on the clues bombs for Pusha T, man. I'm just sending positive energy, love, and light to Pusha T. Okay? So you got some new beef. Who got new beef? Push. Where's the beef? What See? do you mean new beef now? Because <laughs> Flame Monroe is just up here talking about beef. No, no. He's talking about Pete Davis' penis. Not that penis. type of beef. Type of beef? We'll get into it this morning in yeah, reverse. Yeah, he got yeah. some new beef. Oh, I, don't, I know one thing. Pusha T may have a potential classic. I think he is. I think April 6th is the next single they're putting out. I got it now. But Pusha T T might have a potential classic. Mm -hmm. And and the reason I say potential is because, you know, time tells all when it comes to classics. Plus, I'm I'm 43 years old, so my palate is different. Mm. Okay, what I like is different when it comes to hip-hop. I like adult contemporary hip-hop. Okay? I like to, to pretend... That um, I'm still selling dope. That's what you like. To you know what I mean. Okay. Like so, you, you you like to hear those those high level raps about drugs. But 9 p.m. you're in the house sleeping. You know it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know it. But when I'm slicing up apples, you know for my my you know I'm on my diet things. So when I'm slicing up apples for my snack, make us feel like I'm cutting up coke. You know what I'm saying? Listening to that new Pusha T, but Pusha, man, whoa. All right. His well, new album, whoa. Shout I out do, to Push. I do want to give a shout out to Queen Afua mm-hmm. and Erica Ford from Life Camp and Kapira. We actually had our first in-person event at the Juice Bar yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was all about doing a detox. You know, I'm all about detoxing, and so it was very successful. It was nice. This was Queen Afua's first event uh, since the pandemic started, and you know, she wrote the book Sacred Women. And you could have seen her on Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett. She's been up here on The Breakfast Club before. Yeah, she was at my Mental Wealth Expo last year, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that so, wasn't her first event since the pandemic. They, oh, she told us it was. Nah, she was at my Mental Wealth Expo on last year, 1010. Oh, well, she kept yeah. saying this is my first time. She flew from event. L.A. to uh, New York. She lives in Brooklyn. Really? Yeah. I think she was in, I don't know. I thought she was in L.A. last year. But yeah, she was at the Mental Wealth Expo last year. She went to my... um. My, Car my, show? my wife's birthday party oh. with the roller skating. She, she Queen of Four? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yo, Queen of Four, healthy as hell. She yeah, probably yeah. bust all y'all ass in the roller skating. But yeah, so shout out to them for a really successful event. They bought out the Life Camp truck. Um, it was really nice. She was selling her book as well. And nice. So it was a book. Uh, it was a book event, and it's been 20 years since she put out her first book. 
So congratulations to her. It was really nice, nice. to see everybody in person. Nice, 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 nice. It's levels, it's layers, so pray for the players. And we got a special guest today. That's right. Tamron Hall will be joining Man, us. Man, daytime talk show royalty. Just, I mean, journalistic royalty, period. Mm-hmm. You know, she hosts a Tamron Hall show, and he has, uh, she has a new show called Someone They Knew. It mm-hmm. uh, starts Sunday nights at 9 on Court TV. So we're going to be kicking it with Tamron Hall in a little bit. And she just got renewed for uh, two more seasons of the Tamron Hall show. Mm-hmm. And Tamron just gives great, great conversations. Yes. That's right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, let's talk about Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court confirmation hearings. They kicked off yesterday, and we'll tell you what happened. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The levels, the layers, pray for the players. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Page. Page. <laughs> Where we starting? Well, let's start with Judge Katanji Brown Jackson's Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Those started yesterday. And here is her opening statement I have been a judge for nearly a decade now, and I take that responsibility and my duty to be independent very seriously. I hope that you will see I have dedicated my career to ensuring that the words engraved on the front of the Supreme Court building, equal justice under law, are a reality and not just an ideal. This won't change the numbers because she will be replacing a liberal judge. That's right. And Republicans focused on how Brett Kavanaugh was treated when he was confirmed after a set of hearings that a lot of people that Republicans had issues with. And here is what Ted Cruz had to say. This will not be a political circus. This will not be the kind of character smear that sadly our Democratic colleagues have gotten very good at. And then most of the members of this committee remember the confirmation hearing of Brett Kavanaugh one of the lowest moments in the history of this committee, where Democrats on this committee sat on allegations, didn't refer them to the FBI, didn't ask for investigations, hid them, and then leaked them against the wishes of the complainant. Judge Jackson, I can assure you that your hearing will feature none of that disgraceful behavior. So instead of focusing on what she's done in the past and on her, they focused on Brett Kavanaugh for some reason. And here is Lindsey Graham. It does matter that the groups that came to your aid at the expense of Judge Childs, how, how did that happen and why were they doing what they were doing? What is it about your nomination that the most liberal people under the um, umbrella of Arabella threw in their money, their time, their support, and threatened uh, Joe Biden if he picked uh, Judge Childs? I want to know more about that. All right. In addition, Cory Booker spoke and he gave her a lot of praise for her experience as a federal judge and as a public defender, which brings a whole nother uh, level to what her lens will be. And this is not a normal day for America. We have never had this moment before. And I just want to talk about uh, the joy. I know tomorrow and the coming hearings, we're going to have tough, hard questions. But please, let me just acknowledge the fact that this is not normal. It's never happened before. The Senate is poised right now to break another barrier. We are on the precipice of shattering another ceiling, another glass ceiling. It's a ceiling. It's a sign that we as a country are continuing to rise to our collective cherished highest ideals. 
questioning does start tomorrow for Katanji Brown Jackson. She would be the first black woman nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court. So this is I mean, historic. Yeah, that's great. It's historic. Sending positive energy, love and light to that sister. But don't let that distract you from the fact that the reality is the Supreme Court will still have a 6-3 conservative majority. And a move like this shouldn't distract us from the fact that the Biden administration is still not doing enough to preserve democracy. What should happen is they should expand the Supreme Court and add four black women or four people who could actually shift the balance of power in the Supreme Court. That's what you do if you are really trying to preserve democracy. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Tell us how you're feeling, how your day was last night, how you feeling this morning. Again, the phone lines, 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Good morning, good morning. How you doing? This is Narvell from out of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? I called y'all like two weeks ago. I started my foundation for men domestic violence. And me and Charlamagne was going back and forth by being a black man, remember? I don't don't remember, but what's happening, King? The reason why... Well, the reason why I started it is 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 because my daughter got murdered uh, last year, and um and I'm just out here trying to just teach women, man, knowledge, man, about um is a domestic violence, and my foundation is called A underscore Keontae Foundation, and we're doing a food drive. I'm trying to do a food drive April the second in St. Augustine, Florida. So I'm just trying to help women, you know. I'm just trying to build knowledge and show knowledge that. You can get out of a situation that you can. I mean, that you, that you think you can't get out of. I got a question, King. I mean, as a man, yes, shouldn't sir. you shouldn't you be, you know, trying to teach young boys to keep their hands off women? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm teaming up with um, with the Betty Griffin House, and they want to go out, man, and speak to young men also because domestic violence is not just women. I mean, men. I mean, men are being also man abused also. But, but, but men are the abuser, and I'm trying to teach women that a man won't stop beating on you until a man wants to stop beating on you. So I want to teach some men to stop beating on you because I've been in, the, in a domestic violence all, all my life. I, I, I see my parents go through it. So yeah. Help out people. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just feel. Yeah, I feel. I just feel like the energy should be directed toward men. You know, I mean, we got to help young men. You know, heal and deal with that pain that they got. You know, because hurt people hurt people. So I don't. I mean, yes, I respect yes. what you're doing. I just, you know, I just don't understand why. The women would be the target. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is uh, Gregory Webster from Johnstown. Hey, yeah. Gregory. What's up, brother? Get off your chest. Uh, well, I'm going to try to be quick uh, and not get emotional. Um, I, my mom passed away. Damn, um, King. Sorry to hear that, brother. Yeah, Sending you healing energy. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, it's been really rough. My, my life has been built around my mom's, you know, sickness for the past four years. And she lost her battery with cirrhosis um, last week. And uh, unfortunately, she didn't have, you know, life insurance. Mm. So it's, it's been it's been hard for the family. And, and you know, we were trying to get things together to have her services this weekend. Um, so I kind of wanted to see if I could get my our GoFundMe out there um, to, to get, you know, some kind of help. At least to just get the, you know, the down payment. Why not, uh, brother? Why okay, not? What's, what's the GoFundMe? It's um it's gofundme.com slash Lorraine Lewis L O R R A I N E L E W I S sixty five. 
Okay, Lorraine Lewis. Um, yeah, and if you know, I got a cash app. If anybody wants to cash app, because um, we're we're kind of in a rush to try and get this stuff done. Um, my cash app is, is number sign G W E is in Edward, B is in boy, B is in boy thirty one. Um, it's G Web thirty one on all social media. You know, you can contact me that way. Um, you know, it's just it just sucks and. You know, I'm my only child, and you know my mom was my best friend. So, um, just just looking for anything, any kind of help, guys. That you know, I, my family will really appreciate it. Yeah, so, man, sending you healing energy, my brother, for sure. Brother. You and your whole family, King. Get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm telling. I'm telling. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? Ashley. Hey, Ashley, get it off your chest. Now, I'm tired of working. I'm tired of going to school. I'm tired of working for somebody else while they living their best life because I want to live my best life, too. So, ba- so, ba- so basically, Kim Kardashian was right. Well, she she a little bit right. <laughs> <laughs> you tired of working? You don't feel like that today. So you feel like you need to get up your ass and work, huh? <laughs> I tell you a good story, man. I mean, listen, I'm, I I can never tell somebody what to do, but I met a young lady this weekend. Her name was uh, Julie. She's in Providence, Rhode Island, and she was tired of getting laid off. Like during the pandemic, she got laid off. Mm-hmm. So you know, she launched her own restaurant. She's got a restaurant downtown in Providence, Rhode Island. So, I don't know. Maybe it's something that you can do. Maybe it's something you want to do. I'm in, I'm in school trying to open up my own doctor's office, but just the road to get there is just too much for me. It happens, though. It's not easy. It's not easy, yeah, And to be an entrepreneur is a lot of work. It is. And school is a lot of work. Like, you get up every day and, you know, you, you're exa- exhausting a lot of mental and emotional energy, physical energy. None of this is going to be easy. I think you're probably just having a day-to-day. But I promise you, when you cross that finish line, you're going to think it was all worth it. Oh, thanks, guys. That's all. Have a good one, mama. Hello, who's this? Hey, MB, good morning. Good morning, Charlamagne. Good morning, Rick. Rick. Rick, what up? What's up? What's going on? What's going on? Hey, I'm agreeing with Charlemagne. And Charlemagne, ain't nothing like some upper echelon coke rack driving to work in the morning. Who you telling? Some, uh, some Pusha T, some Conway, some Benny the Butcher, some Goldie uh, James, some uh, Soul God Cook, all that. And I'm driving as, I, as I'm driving into my corporate drive in the morning. I'm definitely listening to that and getting motivated to go there and attack my desk. First thing in the morning. Now I'm, I'm, going to work, so. I'm not. I'm not up on Stove God Cooks. I was in the barbershop yesterday. Oh, me and my barber Ty, and we was running through uh, Benny Tanner Talk Four and the new Conway album. God don't make mistakes. And we was actually yeah. listening to the record with Conway and um no with Benny and Boldy James. Boldy is fire and Stove God reasonable drought fire. Those are, those are, those the classics right there. You gotta go get up on that. Speaking of Conway the Machine. Uh, I'm a. I, I got a baldy, just like how you got a baldy. Whenever you do an interview, make sure your baldy is right, man. You were doing the Conway the interview, Conway interview, and I was like, damn, Charlamagne's hairline is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm 43. I don't care no more, bro. I feel you though. I used, you know, I used to be so conscious of that, but I'm like, man, I don't care. 
I, I'm like that too sometimes, but I'm like, I, I was watching yours, and I'm like, yeah, I hope mine don't look like that. <laughs> it does, it does, Thank, it thanks, does. Rick. It's nothing we can do, Rick. It does. That if you got it, if you if your hairline is pushed back, are uh, you? It's receding. You look like RoboCop with his mask off. It just is what it is. Goodness gracious. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk Megan Thee Stallion versus Carl Crawford. They were going at it on social media. We'll tell you what both sides have to say. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Hey. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. What's happening? I hope y'all feel good out there. All right, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Meg Thee Stallion. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Megan Thee Stallion and Carl Crawford, who owns the 1501 label that she, I guess she's still signed there, even though she's with Rock Nation now for management. Mm -hmm. The two of them had a back and forth, and it looks like none of this is ending anytime soon. So there's claims that her Something for the Hotties album that came out last year wasn't an album and shouldn't be counted toward their contractual agreement. I guess she has a certain amount of albums that she has to submit to fulfill their contract so she can move on. Now, according to the label, they're saying that project contains 29 minutes of what they classify as new material. And it was described in the music press as a compilation record of archival materials and some new recordings. So if a judge does decide that that album does not count toward her deal, then she would owe two more albums. So yeah, that's, that's what the issue is, That's right? bull crap. I, I don't like that the labels are doing that. That happened with Meek Mill. If they release a project, oh, it's an album, it's a mixtape. No, it's amount of songs. It's 12 songs, 15 songs. The, the label still gets paid off of that mixtape, so yeah, they give it, it's, it's the, a project. Yeah, the artist is giving you what you asked for regardless of what they call yeah, it. Yeah, mixtape, album, like that. That's that's not fair. 12 original songs, is, that's it's, not fair. it's, it's music. It's, it's an music, album. yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's not, that's not fair because they didn't say it was an album and it was a mixtape. That's not fair. It's still pr a project that you put out under that, you know, distributing label and they got paid for it. That's not right. Now, Megan Thee Stallion argues that that album does clearly meet the definition of an album under the recording agreement. It's not less than 45 minutes in length and there are no other parameters or requirements under the contract for what can be deemed an, al an album other than total runtime of the album. So as such, mm. that does satisfy her minimum recording commitment. So it don't matter what you call it. Right. Well, the mm -hmm. only requirement is that it has to be at least 45 minutes. Gotcha. And so it wouldn't really matter. So here's their back and forth. So I guess um, he's countersuing her. And she posted, first, the man over my label said I don't make him any money. Now he countersuing trying to keep me on his label because he wants to make more money. If I ain't making you no money, why not just say the whole word? Yes, you did. And yes, address ish online <laughs> but I'm getting tired of being painted the bad guy 24-7 uh, the last girl on 1501 mad at this man too and she said Carl I don't want to be signed to yo pill popping ass you talking about I ain't paid for a show you sound slow I'm the artist I don't pay you directly maybe fight with the man you signed to and you might see some money you effing powderhead you hiding behind Jay Prince Carl you got a whole contract with 300 and talking ish to me like I got your money you are attacking me because you want to be famous not rich ask Kevin Lyles where your money at stupid and it goes on from there now he responded to her stop playing the victim Meg Thee Stallion you haven't paid for one show since 2019 hiding behind Rock Nation you can keep that BS mixtape and send over that straight drop whenever you are ready and then he said hey y'all believe that BS if y'all want to I ain't got Twitter fingers so I'm not about to type 
ish all day, but I promise everything said about me about that matter is a lie. The truth will be out soon enough. Defamation claim on the way. This all coming from a bona fide alcoholic who effed the whole industry, including her best friend, N-word. Well, then now that's defamation, too. Like, if, <laughs> if, you, if she defamed you by calling you, what did you say, pill popper? Mm-hmm. You defamed her by calling her an alcoholic, so I mean... Yeah, and I don't like that when men come for you, they try to be like, oh, you effed everybody, the whole industry. I mean, it's like, that's really, okay. You know, what does that have to do with anything? They try to discredit you. Is Megan's last album 45 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's over 45 minutes. And I know we can't play the hate Olympics, but remember when I said yesterday, I think Megan Thee Stallion gets more hate than any woman rapper. Like every other day, it seemed like somebody be on Megan head about something. Well, they've been having this back yeah, and forth, though, the two of them. Yeah. They're in Crawcroft. Yeah, but what happens, since... what happens is when, when they start going back and forth, then social media jumps on. Like, I saw somebody mm-hmm. say to her yesterday, you're going to have to show your bullet wound at this point. I'm like, what that got to do with anything? Yeah, yeah but and she responded They're going to go that. back and forth. It's, it's, it's like anything else. You know, you call me a powderhead, I call you this. You call yeah, me that, yeah. I call you this. Yeah. There's no, oh, I'm not going to say that because of this. No, we're going back and forth. There's nothing really, off limits. I just really pray that young lady's protecting her peace the best way she knows how. And then Tory Lanez jumped in and said, protect black men. I don't care what y'all have to say. We are black men and we matter. Don't wait till we are all lynched, lied on, and character assassinated to realize they have removed all of our legends and role models from the conversation. Tory Lanez, no. I don't know the context, but I agree. Protect black men. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I agree with that. Oh, my God. You don't agree with that? Protect black men? Yes. Well, we don't know if Tory Lanez was jumping in the middle of that. He just put it at the wrong time. I don't know what the context is, but I can't disagree with the statement. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Um, so, yes, that is their uh, back and forth. Yeeks. All right. Uh, let's move on to something else uh, different. The third richest man in the world is now deciding which of his five children will take over the empire. Do you know who this is? Third richest man? Uh, let me see. Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. No. Uh, yeah, Warren might be third right now. Is, he's name, a Bill Gates or Warren. Well, Bernard Arnault, he is oh. the owner of LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet uh, Hennessy. Mm. So, you know, they own a whole bunch of different brands yep, like yep, yep. Tiffany's. They own Tag. How do you say that? Tag Hoyer? Tag Hoyer. Oh, so, who, oh, so Elon Musk is number one now. Yeah, Elon's number one. Then Jeff Bezos. Then Bezos. So, this guy, Bernard Arnault, is worth $155 billion. And he's trying to figure out now which one of his children will take over. They said it's like a real-life succession, you know, the HBO series. Mm-hmm. And so there's a recent Fortune article where he's, they're talking about his five talented children who could one day run the whole company. He's 73 years old. He's been running this luxury conglomerate for decades. And so now he wants to figure out who is next. Mm. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Does it matter if you wanted a kid? No, it's 155 billion dollars. <laughs> we all busting this we all, up. Yeah, we all busting this down. We're going to keep it Yeah, in but the you want to see who is actually running the company. I mean, that's a huge company. They own Christian Dior. They own Moet. They own Hennessy. Yeah, but I wonder how many things he's actually day-to-day with. Because a lot of those yeah, brands overseas. are still standalone brands. They're subsidiaries under LVMH. But it's like, I'm sure Fenty got somebody running Fenty. I'm yeah, sure Hennessy got somebody overseas. running Hennessy. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he has, you know, managing people that manage each one of those businesses. And his he kids actually, it. most of them work in the business. I mean, his daughter is the VP of Louis Vuitton. See, see? Yeah. you know, <laughs> one of um, his son is the head of communications and image at LVMH. See? I mean, they, you know, they're already in the business, so you can see all of that. God bless them, man. Absolutely. Yes, right. one of them is the VP at Tiffany's. See? Yeah, they're all, they're <laughs> VP at all his companies. But who's going to run the whole entire company? The Arnos. 
All right, well, that, family business. <laughs> that is your rumor reports. All right, we got front page news next. What are we talking about? These hypersonic missiles that have been fired by Russia at Ukraine. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. WWPR-FM HD1 New York. An iHeartRadio station. Smash and grab sneaking geek. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get into some front page news. Where are we starting, Yeezy? Well, Joe Biden confirmed yesterday that Russia has used hypersonic missiles in its invasion of Ukraine. And they said it's the only thing that they can get through with absolute certainty. It's a consequential weapon. It's almost impossible to stop it. There's a reason that they're using it. But what could that reason be? Here's what reporters are saying. Okay, maybe not. Oh, wow. They what are reporters saying? <laughs> wow. Whoa. That was, that was serious. Ooh, I can't believe it. That was some real issue wow. right there. Well, Damn. Okay. Oh, here we got it. Sources telling CNN the U.S. tracked the launches in real time. It's a good opportunity to test it. It's also potentially a signal to NATO, to Poland, other countries, uh, that they, they have this and, and to, to kind of keep their distance. Damn. They had a great story in the New York Post yesterday about how Russian elites are planning to overthrow Putin, even if it means assassination. Mm-hmm. Like he's messing up a lot of money. Yes, he is. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I saw another article where they want his mistress to talk to him. She's a gymnast. And they're saying since nobody can get through to him, they're like asking her to sit down with him. Can you imagine if he that's how everything no ends? He ain't missing nobody ain't missing right no, now. Especially not no mistress. Come on, I mean, mistress. That's ridiculous. Stay in your place. Where's the wife? <laughs> the wife. This is a wife conversation. All right. Now, Hampton University has invited Ukrainian students to continue their education during the 2022 summer session. They're going to invite 50 to 100 Ukrainian and international college students studying in Ukraine to continue their education on campus. So that invitation is an effort to help college students and families affected by the current conflict in Ukraine. Envy? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of Hampton students pissed off about it, saying, well, okay, that's all nice, but what about us? Why we got to pay for school? But I think it's a great thing. I think the fact that there's a lot of students that are displaced and can't go to school, so the fact that Hampton's taking them in for the summer and then allowing them to stay there and not pay tuition, I think that's great. Yeah, no, it's free room, board, and tuition. Have they ever done that for their own students, though? Well, have they done it for students in need before? They've um, done it students for need before. Yeah, they did that mm-hmm. uh, for the University of the Bahamas when their campus was destroyed in the hurricane back in 2019. So they've done things like this in the past. That's yeah, great, have. but have they done that for people here in America? No. Uh, yes. Yeah. A couple of times they actually did. If 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 there was a uh, some how many black students would love to go to college and get free room and board? All HBCUs do that at times, and they help other students out. So yeah, they do that all the time. Right. Can well, you say that confidently? Yeah, they do okay. that all the time. <laughs> you sure? Mm-hmm. You positive? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is your front page news. I don't know about all the other HBCUs you use. I know about my school. No, all I heard was y'all say the Bahamas. I'm talking well, people, people about, here in America. Ham- who I know Hampton University. Has Hampton University provided free room and board for b- poor and disenfranchised they black kids here in stu- America? Students who needed it, yes, they have. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think every Absolutely. college, um, you know, at some point does, they do have all kinds of scholarships and mm-hmm. things like that. So. Shout out to Hampton Are these University. scholarships they're giving to these? No, this is just free room and board, but scholarships are, you know, pro- there's a lot of scholarships that provide mm-hmm. tuition and free room and board. 
All right. And by the way, Emmy, since you have these car shows coming up, you know, Maserati has announced plans to go fully electric by 2025. Yeah, most deal- most uh, car, pl- more car-, car dealerships are. Uh, I know Lamborghini's doing about, I think, 2024. I know Ferrari's doing about 2025. I know most dealers are. Oh, y'all rich. Most places are. But to report a story? Lamborghinis, Ferraris. What about Hondas? Huh? What about those of us with Hondas? Huh? Huh? You want me to be real or not? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, wanna, I can only talk about things I know. Oh, my Ooh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> wow. What? I don't wow. know. I don't know. Please, all our Honda drivers, don't be offended I, by I'm this bougie elitishness over here. I, I honestly my don't God. know. You asked me a question. I don't know. I, I don't even know what y'all are talking about I'm just now. With Ferrari. I just heard but I thought that man. Hyundai does have electric cars, no? Yeah, don't I, they? Every, yeah. Deal, every car every manufacturer car does, yeah. has. Absolutely, yeah. I got electric cars, too, and they remote control. I know. they have. Don't they have Ford? Shut up. What you saying? Now Ford does every every, yeah, every car manufacturer has electric cars now. And they saying by twenty twenty five. That ain't that's what y'all started with. Y'all started with the high end stuff. None of us can afford. Well, well she I said, said that because MB has car shows. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. You should start doing car shows for regular people. He's interested. In. I do. Okay, I do. We would like to participate. I want to pull up in the O two Escalade with three hundred thousand miles on it. I don't know if you know, but that's what okay. the car shows is about. It's not really? about those Lamborghinis and Bugattis. It's about your average guy that has a car that works all hard summer long or works hard to just put rims on their car or systems on their car. Those are the cars that we like to display. Good. Because that was my first car. My first car was a 1986 Honda Accord. That's what I'm talking I about. I saved. I put 16-inch rims on it. I thought I was the man, and that was my car. Those are the cars we like to showcase. That's what yeah, I'm talking about. We also about. have other cars, but those are the cars that, that we like to show. Those cars, those kids that are working hard. And just trying to show their cars. That's what I'm talking about. Drop mm-hmm. on the clues, mom, for everybody out there with a Toyota Cressida. A what? A Toyota Cressida. A Cressida. Okay. They don't make Cressidas right. anymore. It don't matter. <laughs> you know, All right. That's what I'm talking about. That's a classic. Now you go. A okay. classic. Now you go. Nissan Stanza. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm going to tow mine. I got one in the yard in Mons Corner. <laughs> you know. I'm going to tow the Cressida to the next car. Well, if you show. do that, I'm going okay. to bring my Saturn. All right. Ooh. Now you're talking. Drop <laughs> on the clues, mom, for the Saturns out there. Saturn now you're talking the language. Saturn doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Well, they're classic. <laughs> they classic. If you got a Saturn or a Cressida, you're driving a classic. All right? Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, my car show, uh, the next one is going down there in Houston, go. H-Town, <laughs> Father's Day weekend. We're not doing ties and mugs anymore for Fathers for Father's Day. Let's go take them to the what? car show. We're, go- we're going to enjoy. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> what? How many mugs do you have? How many some mugs do you have? Some fathers love those things. No, don't get dads love ties. I got 30 mugs. No, I don't know. I got too many ties. I already ordered my dad his tie. Don't do that. Your dad doesn't <laughs> want that tie. <laughs> all right. Up next, Tamron Hall. Tamron Hall. Us, all right. Of course, you know her from the Tamron Hall show. She also has a new show coming out called uh, Someone They Knew on Court TV. So we'll talk to Tamron Hall when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Daytime talk royalty. Tamron Hall. Welcome. <laughs> what? Where'd you get that? Who wrote that? I love my mom for sending that in. Thank you, Mom. She listens to the Breakfast Club. Good morning, Mama. Good morning, Ms. Hall. How are Hi, you? I'm wonderful. How about yourself? I am blessed, black, and highly favored. I love that. I am feeling the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good What's, to see you. Thank you. This is my first time in your studio. I know. It's like a, Zoom, a stimulation right? well, like Zoom, overload. Yeah, yeah, we did Zoom. So I'm I, I'm one of those people because I, it, it's not the cleanliness. I see stories behind everything. That's right. Oh, yeah. DJ Envy, you and your wife are going to be on my show soon. Yep, yep, I yep. can't wait. Uh, we're excited. Super duper excited. I love oh, this. How was, it for, how was it for you doing the show during a pandemic without an audience? Oh, it's terrible. 
I think the first half of it, I said, just thank God we're on air. And then when we went back in and had to go back out this last round when Amara Khan. Omicron. I'm a journalist. And I, Omar, I know, and I'm a journalist. I should know better. <laughs> but that second wave in December, I had to go back into my home and do the show. And it was miserable. And I realized, and you all know this, and Charlamagne, especially with your shows, having an audience, it's like the Ten Commandments. It's one of the That's rules right. of daytime. You have to have an audience. I, I My first time even attending a daytime talk show, I went to Temple University and I came to see Geraldo Rivera wow. in person <laughs> way wow. back when he had a talk show. <laughs> and it just it's a part of the energy. So, yeah, it was rough. I did not like it. I wonder when you went to go see Geraldo back in the day, is that when the bug hit you? Did you Absolutely know? Absolutely not. No. no not at all. <laughs> did you ever see his show? Yeah, like people throwing chairs. No, yeah. no, no. I was a college student at Temple and they, you know, they would always recruit young audiences mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. in. And we were here. Uh, two of my best friends are from Brooklyn. And they went to Temple. And so we just did what college kids do. You come Mm -hmm. to New York, you hang out in Times Square, you got free tickets to go to a show. And it happened to be Geraldo Rivera's. uh, So when did you get the bug? Yeah, when did you see yourself? Um, When did I get the bug? When did I get the bug? Well, if you ask me what I would be doing right now other than this, I jokingly say... Uh, blackjack dealer, but I don't even know how to play cards. I, I didn't that, have though. a. I don't even know how to play cards. I can't play spades, and I'm from the south. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know how to play spades. I am an. I don't know how to play dominoes. I'm an embarrassed. Uno? Can you at least Uno? play? I don't Uno. play board games. You went to Uno is not a board spades? game. What is it? A card game. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't play cards. I don't. I was never one of those people. I don't. I don't play Monopoly. I think I do. Ch- what did y'all do as fun in college though? Because that's the a lot thing. of good stuff. Like we played spades. We played cards. <laughs> not me. But no. I never had a backup plan. This was always what I wanted to do. I think seeing Arsenio, obviously Rolanda, obviously Oprah, Phil Donahue, but they all had different. Remember Rolanda Watts? People forget how important she was in the marketplace. So it was there wasn't a moment. It was just I felt like I didn't have a choice. This is what I was going to do. And I didn't know it was going to be a talk show. I knew I was going to be a journalist. I love writing. I love reporting. The talk show thing happened, as you know, because I got fired. And mm-hmm. so I had to figure out how was I going to get back into TV and not feel as owned as I had previously. If you hadn't gotten fired from the Today Show, mm-hmm. do you think you'd ever gotten in the daytime talk? No, because in daytime talk, any shows, you know, this just with y'all show. It's almost like the Rocky syndrome. Mm-hmm. People need to root for you. And yeah. in talk show world, they need to root for you. They need mm-hmm. to feel a connection with you. And so I, while I did have a great run I feel at the Today Show and even before that in Chicago for 10 years because I was recruited to come to the Today Show after being on air in Chicago but uh, no because you you have to have an arc and as a black woman being 48 years old and being fired that hit a nerve with people what is she going to do how does she come back and that gave me opportunities to get in rooms but if I'm being honest with you and I always will be Harvey Weinstein got me in rooms that I was never going to be able to get in He was the most important person in Hollywood, and he decided he wanted to produce a talk show with me. And Mm -hmm. so people started taking meetings to hear the pitch because of Harvey Weinstein. And then midstream, Harvey was accused of rape. What happens there? Because he helped you with your career. But on the other no, end, he helped me get meetings. Helped I helped me meetings. with my career. Helped yeah. you get meetings. Yeah. But on the other end, he's accused of sexual it's assault. Terrifying. All, all through the place. So do you just step back and say, look, I'm, I'm the mom of my business because I don't know. And he's helped put me in, in I didn't know or... what to think. It was like an emotional grenade. Mm-hmm. I'd never been in a room alone with him. So the first part was, thank God, right? Mm-hmm. 
Then the second part was, wait a minute, did the people who came with me in the room, did they know? And is that why they didn't leave me in the room? So there were these many, many questions. And then I'll be honest, came the moment where I, I was worried about my own survival. And then I felt guilty. Not It wasn't that I didn't care. I would never say that. But there was a moment where you think, my career. Oh, my God. What happens mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. I don't have a job now. I've been in the room with him. Now I'm tied and linked to him. And this show will never get off the ground because 99 percent of the people we were pitching to were white males of his level, if you will, mm-hmm. who were not necessarily open to an idea of a talk show with me. I'm thinking I'm screwed. And then I had to take a step back and say to myself, What about these women who are making these allegations? And I know just like with Bill Cosby, who spoke at my graduation, who I replaced on the board of trustees at Temple University, even if you don't believe all of them, if you have half and then half that half, you have at least one or two. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, at least one person. And if there's one, that's one too many. And that's how I looked at it. So I had to take a step back in the minute that I started thinking about what it must be like for them the floodgates open my my confidence. I said, I'm going back in these rooms. I'm going to rewrite letters to all of these people and say, you let me in the room with him. Now let me in the room by myself. <laughs> some of them said yes. Some said no. As a spiritual woman, that had to like really psychologically, that's God working in a really mysterious way, right? It wasn't so mysterious. I mm-hmm. actually felt like it was a clear sign that you know, Lena Horne had a quote that was in this book, Stormy Weather, and I have a, a great obsession with Lena Horne. She said something about white men getting you in rooms that you can't get yourself in. Mm-hmm. And that's how she felt at the time. And ultimately, that's not true. People will let you in the room. I think you have to just keep beating down the door over and over. You, We are all in this business that we know. You walk in and you're instantly stereotyped. You're instantly uh, assumed to be something. Yes. And so I wrote back notes. And I learned how also, I, I used to tell people, I definitely channeled 50 cent a couple of times in (laughs) i became no longer afraid to brag on myself yeah you know you have your own merit and you deserved it but we shrink it down i mean we all do but women we especially do in these meetings and so then you defer to laughing at jokes that aren't funny or your presentation changes a lot and so i said i'm 30 years in this business i'm gonna run my resume down and I, i i really did channel every hip-hop artist that you male <laughs> that you can imagine and i specifically zeroed in on men because they get a pass at saying some of the things that women can i went in very very hot <laughs> i was like yeah. this is who i am mm-hmm. and this is what i did and if i have to explain myself and i'm sure that was a turnoff to some people but other people received it with the intention of if i don't stand up for myself who is and that's how I played it. I always wonder about daytime television. Like, even though Oprah should be the bar, right? Yeah, she is. Black woman who defied every yeah. stereotype, yeah. weird name, some would say, yeah, she you know, it, yeah. looks everything. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't they continue to look for more of that instead of just going cookie cutter like they did? I don't understand it. It is something that I... Oh goodness. Some people wanted daytime to be white. I call it the Fort Greene syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's that you have this neighborhood and for it to be of value, some people believe that it has to be white. Gotcha. And so as a result, even though the audience is largely all women of mm-hmm. all different backgrounds, our show is almost 50-50, 50% African-American, Latino, Asian, 50% white. So we have this beautiful diversity just straight down the middle of this show. And though we have to happen to have one of the highest income earning daytime shows 
But there will be people who say 50 percent African-American. That's not the audience we want. And, you know, they still say that, you know, that that is still the conversation. And I have it all the time. I've had people call in and say, why do they have so many urban guests this week? Mm -hmm. And then you have other people claim I don't, Mm -hmm. which is obviously not true. But it's a fascinating thing. And I think it still remains part of television. I don't want to get into this whole thing, but. When I grew up watching TV, it was almost more diverse than it is now. But I think, you know, I think it's a valuable landscape. That's why every year you see more shows launched Mm -hmm. because there's money in daytime. But it's not always seen as a value when that money is coming from us, sadly. All right, we got more with Taryn Hall. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Taryn Hall. Yeah. We saw Nick Cannon's show only six months and then they canceled it rather quickly. And we were saying up here, we feel like he really didn't get a fair shake. At, get well, how, what get is a, a fair? What's, what, what do you define as a fair shake? I think six at least a year. Like not enough time to really like, make a mark. What do you think? No. I think that he is brilliant mm-hmm. and he is one of the best interviewers I have ever sat in the room with. Mm-hmm. I think the show wasn't him but i also think he got an incredible chance because he came in after a scandal that would have broken most people mm-hmm. which he apologized for mm-hmm. and he deserved forgiveness for and he deserved to be on air i believe that was a big chance mm-hmm. and i think that may have taken him off of who he is right because you come in with such pressure you've now just said this thing you've apologized but you know people are swirling and they're looking for you to fail and so i didn't always see like the Nick that I love on that particular show. Could you be that on daytime though? Because of what you said, how they want you to cater to middle America, mainstream America. I think America. he could. He's okay. got, Nick Cannon is one of the most successful people in entertainment, mm-hmm. bar none. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about all of the shows. So he has a huge fan base. I think coming in under that pressure mm-hmm. was never going to change. And then I feel you know, his personal life, which he was so honest and open about, was used against him. I mean, why he has, you know, kids or whatever it was, these storylines that became overshadowing of his talent. Mm-hmm. And he's so talented. No, nah, that's true, because it's like you can't even really get into discussions about the show because you got to dig through all the exactly. other stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, all yeah, the articles sense. became about his personal yeah. life, not about he had Jamie Foxx on. They had this amazing segment. I'm a TV junkie. I watch yeah. everybody's <laughs> show. I listen. So I never watched him as competition. I watch as a fan. Mm-hmm. But. I feel like people didn't talk about the content. So I don't know how that was ever going to change. That's what I mean. So if you give them another year, another six months, were they going to be able to change what people were talking about, sadly, which was his personal life? And he owned it. He smiled about it, whatever. Well, I don't, I, I just, I, I thought, why aren't we talking about his interviews or his that content? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by it. I don't know if a year would have changed that. But if anybody's going to be back on TV with 60,000 well, shows. on TV, well, right. He yeah. still is. Mm-hmm. So he's got more shows and more millions than I'll ever have. Tamron, let's talk about your show on Court TV. Someone they knew. So Court TV came to me and they said, we want to do a show, someone they knew, and we would like for you to, to do it. I, I did a crime show called Deadline Crime for six seasons, including when I was pregnant with Moses. And I couldn't do it anymore because it was just I was an emotional wreck. And so I said, once I finished that last season, I would never do it again. But I miss talking to people and giving them a chance to tell what happened to them. And this show is fascinating to me because the common denominator 
is someone they knew. I mean, the crime show I did before was random crimes mm-hmm. across the country, which are all compelling. But these are people that were brought into the lives of the victim through no fault of the victim. And it tells you a lot about greed, envy, jealousy, mm-hmm. passion, mm-hmm. displaced passion, and what can happen. So the common thread is, and I always tell people, this show is not meant to scare you, but it is to say that there is someone in your sphere who could turn into a different person, Mm -hmm. who could go from the friend to a murderer. And that's what these stories are about. It's it's amazing. You know, when you talk about human behavior, the only reason all of us are safe every day is because of human behavior. Mm -hmm. Because we make a choice not to go crazy on somebody. (laughs) Yes, could you be pushed to it, right? Could you be pushed to a point of no return? I think I could. They talk about the mama bear thing. Mm, I didn't know that was real until I had my son. I could have. We were walking one day and we live in the city. (laughs) And this man was just demonstrative and walking. And my baby was just learning to walk. And he nearly knocked him over. I mean, it was one of those moments like Oprah's. We brought Oprah in color. I was like, hold my baby. I was like, (laughs) I was ready to kill this man. And I had I turned and before I'm like cursing and my husband is like, what is this? And it was a rage mm. from the bottom of my feet. I can't believe I'm admitting this to the top of my head <laughs> that wow. I could have. I could see that. Though. I could, it, When's the last time you wanted to kill somebody, Miss Hall? Never. Was that, that was just at one time. Don't try. See, this is what you do. <laughs> Don't you try to make me mad like Kamala Harris. I will not fall for this nonsense. <laughs> not going to. You already got to have Nick Cannon mad at me. Like, Tamara all said he didn't even. That is not what I said. So let me clear that up. I said that too many people were just by things that didn't matter, which were Nick's great interviews, Angela, so don't try to screw me with him. So, no, I, um, no, honestly, it was only when I had my baby that it was this mama bear. Mm-hmm. When they tell you don't get in the middle of a bear cub and the mama bear, I understood and understand that snap because mm-hmm. I'd never felt it. It doesn't go away. Okay. And it, do- it doesn't, oh, please don't it tell me that. Go I got six, you know, it doesn't go away. You feel like you're on guard constantly. I'm ready to do it. Really? I'm ready to kill somebody over my kids. I'm not lying. Because we see so many stories all the time of people doing things to kids. I'm like, and you know, we are the wish it would type of people. I'm wish a mother Okay, you said it. I won't say it, but that's how I feel (laughs) with my son. I feel like... What about your husband? Do you feel like that? No, he's grown. He's 53. But if somebody did something to him, you wouldn't be like, I'm going to kill that person. Oh, no, we would get it going. No, it's my husband. He feels like It's different. He better, I hope. Of course, of course. This funny story. I was once engaged um, to a man and we went on vacation together and we parasailed and we were out in the ocean in Cozumel or somewhere. This was many years ago. And the parasail snapped. I can't swim. I flew into the ocean. He was still on the boat. I called off the wedding. Absolutely. <laughs> I called, and that's a true story. No, as you should. The guy on the boat who didn't even speak English was like <laughs> swimming toward me. He was on the boat chilling. He didn't move. He was like, you had a life vest. You had a life vest. He was a lifeguard growing up. So I may may have told too much. He's going to sue me now. The difference between pools and oceans, though. What? I'm just trying to look at all that's times. That's fiance. I'm just trying to look at That should be your reaction. Be should be, I got to save her. And it's a lifeguard. Last weekend, I think it was Miami. Fiance fell in the ocean. Uh, guy jumped in after her. Choppers of the plane, uh, the boat oh, killed him. Oh, yeah, that him. was very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in for my wife. No, don't do that. I'm just saying. Why are you but that's what happened. I'm just saying. Like, that's so, not. No. no but he, and, and all they did was throw the life uh, raft for her and got her. But so. he died for love. 
Yeah, but he should have let the people on the boat do their job. No, I cannot. So, I could so not. what was his you excuse afterward? What it, yeah. I didn't okay. speak to him. We flew all the way back, and I said, Whoa. this is not going to work. And damn. What was his explanation? I did not they ask. They got you. I, I did not. I did not. I was so upset and so disappointed. Maybe he froze. You know, on Black Panther, when she was like, don't freeze. Maybe he froze. Well, we'll never know. Because we'll I know. married somebody else. <laughs> We'll so you was in that war. You wasn't concerned yeah. about drowning. You was more concerned about this <laughs> thing that come No, not that word. <laughs> but that I, I, that no, no, what I, no. So first of all, the parasail, I was terrified it was going to come down over my head, but it fell behind me. I had a life jacket on. I can't swim. So now I'm thinking two things. Thank God the parasail did not. Then I'm like, Jaws is going to eat my legs because right. I'm in the deepest part of the ocean. He might have been thinking that too. He was like, uh, <laughs> so whose side are you on, Angela? <laughs> Far away from the boat. First you were like, I can't believe it. And jump there. You're like, what, what do you mean? What if there's jaws? Um, no, my legs are dangling. And the, how far is the boat? They had to turn around. Wow. So you for a minute. And then I realized I wasn't going to go under and I locked eyes with him. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> swim this way. Swim right, this right. way. <laughs> Doggy pedal. Oh, so he didn't even try to explain himself? You know, it's so long ago, but I, yeah. I, whatever he said wasn't suffice. Oh. It wasn't. It wasn't enough. All right, we got more with Taryn Hall when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Taryn Hall. Charlamagne, do you think there's still such things as objective journalism? Or is everything? It was never based? objective. It was never objective. Hundred mm. percent. It can, how can it be? Mm. It, we're humans. Mm-hmm. It's like when you know, going back to my show, when they say to the jury, strike what you just heard. How? Do you, how? (laughs) It's not possible. So we go in with our biases. We go in with our beliefs. We go in with our perspective and how you extract that would make you one of the most incredible people ever. And that would be Jesus, Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's possible. And now you can try to suppress some of it, but going back to, you know, the book that I wrote and when we talked about missing black and brown, People pick white, blonde women to lead mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's a bias mm-hmm. because you believe that the audience values that life more. And I know a lot of my colleagues will greatly disagree with me and may not be happy with me saying that. And that doesn't mean it's a negative, right? Because sometimes your perspective and bias can help. So how do you trust any of these networks, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, because it's all opinion-based. How do I know that they're just giving me the facts as they, they know them? You don't. I mean, wow. you're asking me a beginning of time question. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, journalism didn't start with MSNBC. I know people believe that, but it mm-hmm. did not. I mean, the history of journalism, muckraking. This isn't new. Journalism being used to demean. Look at some of the, I, people love cartoons, you know, political cartoons. You've seen some of the political cartoons of Irish people, Italian people, black people. We talk a lot about how we were made to look in political cartoons, these exaggerated, you know, monstrous ways. This is a part of the political agenda since people could pick up a pen and a paper. Mm -hmm. I just saw a whole conversation about monetizing journalism. We know people, you and I, in journalism who make $60 million. What are you going to do to keep that $60 million check? You're going to do what you need to do. Yeah. You're going to go on TV and say some crazy things yeah. if that's what you're paying to say. Anything that's monetized is corruptible. Right. Anything that's monetized is tainted. Mm. That's not, though, to say that there aren't honest journalists. I think most journalists are honest. Honest and bias are two different things. So what is a journalist? Because I feel like all of them are biased. Oh, what is a journalist? It's somebody who reports what they see mm-hmm. and what they hear. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Now, what is opinion? That's different. Yeah, I feel like everything is is, is opinion-based now. 
No, I don't think that's true. There's a clear difference, I feel, between what happens from nine until five or whatever. And then after five, I think. Mm -hmm. I think I think so. What's, what's your experience been like, you know, hosting the Tamron Hall show? What's been the biggest challenge? Oh, <laughs> um, standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we all have shows that we had ideas that we wanted to do. And then people start coming in the room and they try to change you or change how you handle the show or what. Sometimes people don't agree with decisions that are made, mm -hmm. but I stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to shrink down. I went into rooms with people and fought for this show to be on TV. So I'm not going to lean out of that for anybody, but I'm always open to ideas. But the hardest part, really, other than a global pandemic, has been just expectations. And, and when you talk about double standards, when you boss up in that way. Oh, my gosh. And you're, you're all types of it, you're oh, difficult. It's, it's, and, yeah. it's crazy. I, I read things. I, I It's an ongoing joke now with me and my team. I walk in, I go, am I as scary as they say I am? <laughs> By the second season, I just learned that it was a template, right? This is what they do. It's like, okay, uh, now the show is popular. She's out there. What are we going to say? Difficult angry, yeah. this, that, toxic, toxic yeah. blah, blah, blah. And and don't get me wrong, to someone working as hard as we do may be their definition of toxic. I, I don't know. So I would never tell someone how to feel. And if that's how you feel, I always listen to the staff. I'm there to have the conversation. But if you believe that we are going to give our audience a product that is beneath them, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we call our audience the TAM fam. Mm -hmm. I work every day to make sure that when a guest like you come, I said, Charlemagne's coming on. I don't want people just to think that he is a shock jock or whatever their perception. He has layers. He's a husband, he's a dad. That's why we brought you on, on the show that you were on. Mm -hmm. Because I sat in a room and said, he's not one dimensional. I don't want him on for two minutes to come on and talk about some headline that he said this about somebody and got into it with somebody. No. I want the audience to know him. You know, people still come up to me now and talk to me about that episode. Really? Because it was an episode about mental health. Yeah. People, I mean, random people in the airport. I saw you on Tamron Hall right. talking about mental health. And, well, that's interesting because I actually had a, and I'll take you behind the scenes. I had a, not a clash, but I had to sit down a producer and say, this is what we're doing with him. Because it was important to show you as the multi-dimensional human being that you are. Not, oh, this guy on the radio that I may or may not have heard of. You are internationally famous this show is internationally known but that said everybody don't know you so mm -hmm. you got to take them through the journey and so for me that was important now that might have been a hard segment for that producer to do because it took more time mm -hmm. but it paid off and they loved the segment and Thank i was happy you, you love the segment and the audience resonated so you know nothing you don't get to um do something easy mm -hmm. and just expect there to be rewards. You gotta oh, she's looking at her watch. I know, you gotta go. No, 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 that was not damn Tamron. You could have just said you gotta go. She's like, Okay, the man who would have jumped in the ocean for me. <laughs> no, we don't I'm not answering this. this. We you, don't know. Know. you know how to swim now, so <laughs> you don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. Why don't we You said something earlier that April Fools and we'll punk him. Like what's that show? Yeah, no, you said something earlier that made me think because you said uh, it was something about love and fear. Yeah. And I was like, well, what if fear overpowers love? I think it's better to be feared. But I'm saying in that moment, you could love this so person, but you're afraid to Quit trying to make excuses. I don't even know. I can't believe you brought this back. I'm just back. saying, it's just like, oh. 
What? I need to hear both sides. That's you, all I'm You need to hear both sides. As an objective journalist, I need to hear. As an opinion journalist, you, what other What could he tell you? I was terrified yes. that jumping in as a trained lifeguard to save her, he didn't even have to go reach for me. Maybe just paddle around me and say, babe, it's going to be okay. You're, they're going to pull you out. Tamara, before you leave, I have one more question because we know you're looking at your watch. I'm not looking at my watch. My husband called. So what do you do when somebody tells you there's a guest coming on and they don't want to talk about a certain topic? Oh, I think about that. Mm -hmm. I do. Because, for example, some guests don't like talking about exes and they're in the current relationship. I agree with that. Imagine going to a dinner party and I <laughs> ask you in front of your new guy about the guy three times back. Mm. Right. That's rude. Yeah. And so I feel like there's got to be some decency for me, mm -hmm. right? I And I don't want anybody to feel ambushed. I mean, we had Andrew, Andrew Gillum, Gillum on. I mean, that was a tough one. And people were mad that I didn't say, well, are you gay? And I'm like, why did I need to ask that question? Yeah. He told me what he wanted me to, to know, right? And I can still do a thoughtful interview. There are certain things that I'm happy we didn't talk about here. I'm not afraid of any answer, but we know we live in a clickbait world, mm -hmm. right? And so you both are going to be on, guests on my show very soon. I could have my team dig up all kinds of, well, once I read on the shade room and I saw this and da, da, da. What purpose does that serve any of us? Mm -hmm. So for me, I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel that there's grace in mistakes. But that said, when you have a high profile individual, they should be prepared Oprah says, you cannot tell me what to ask you. You are in charge of how you answer it. Right. Right? Some people have been nasty about it, and I just decline their appearance. I just say, we can't. We can negotiate, and I'll say, okay, well, let. what about this? But if there's a hard no, and it's of importance to the audience to know, then I would rather pass. And I have said, come back when you're ready to talk. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Tamron yeah. Hall, we appreciate Tamron you joining Hall. us this yeah. morning. Amazing conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Good amazing. to see you. And congratulations on everything. Two Thank more you. seasons. The new show, Sunday Nights? Sunday Nights. Um, Court TV. Court TV. I'm super excited about that. The Tamron Hall show, the book. But again, thank you guys. This is my first time. I was a little bit nervous. Really? Why? Not scared. Nervous because none of you would jump in the water to save me. And I knew that when I came <laughs> in this I can't, well, I can't swim. No. Well, I'm happy because now that the, you're both going to be on. I'll call 911 and be like, there's going to be an emergency. We're in the middle of Mexico in the ocean. That's all I can do. Angela, I love you. You're going to be on my show soon. <laughs> DJ Envy, Just Charlemagne, come back anytime. <laughs> Thank you so much. And please do not start any static with me and Nick Cannon. Whatever comes to this interview is what comes to this I mean, interview. All I can do is ask the questions, Tamara. No, that's so <laughs> Give me my bag like LeBron James. I'm out of here. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey. All you did was turn her on. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee. I'm going to tell on you, bro, next hour. Next hour, I'm going to tell on you. I'm not going to tell right now. Next hour, I'm going to tell on you. Leave me alone. Shout out to everybody out there with a new ball. Last night was a rough night, ma. My baby woke up in the middle of the night. All right, crying. now I'm going to tell it now. No, no. Maxwell, let's get to Maxwell the is, do, Maxwell is on stage. Maxwell is showing him. Uh, let's talk about it. All the gossip. gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. <laughs> Angela, Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. I ain't telling y'all nothing no more up here. You know uh, that. Can I do my rumors? Sorry. All right. Theophilus London, as you know, he had posted this uh, caption with a screenshot of D.L. Who is that, by the way? Uh, he's an artist. Okay. And he actually collaborates with Kanye. He's from overseas, right? 
yeah, I think he is. I don't know where he's from. I think he's from overseas. I think I want to say the UK. I'm not sure, but go ahead. Sorry. All right. So anyway, um, he posted LMAO. I told him to apologize on camera for doing that dumb Vlad interview and his people called security. And so I guess he's trying to say that he pulled up on D.L. Hughley in response to what D.L. had to say about Kanye. And here is a video of that actual encounter. Come on, man. It's all love. We, we, we gotta move with love, D. That was the second video. Initially, he made it seem like he pressed DL. That's well, actually what he well, put that's what on. He said, yeah, that's yeah. what he said. I pressed DL. Yeah, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just goofy. Mm-hmm. And that young man thinks he's playing DL Hughley. No, sir, you only played yourself. You came out that situation looking like a total clown. But that also shows you why what Kanye West is doing you know, is, is, is very dangerous. Because when, yeah, when you say things like, I can afford to hurt you, you got stands in the industry and out of the industry that would try to get stripes. And Kanye didn't ask that man to do that, but if things would have went left, guess who the blame would have fell on? Guess who would have gotten accused of inciting that situation? Kanye West. Mm-hmm. He's from Brooklyn, by the way, Theophilus. Oh, yes. Okay. Putting that out there. Mm-hmm. All right, now, DL also explained the story behind his run-in. He talked to uh, Vlad, and basically he said... That no serious confrontation occurred. It was a brief exchange of words. He said he was having dinner. This is DL saying he, had, he was having dinner with his family. He noticed London, Theophilus London kept walking past his table and wasn't eating. Then he said he went to the bathroom and he spotted Theophilus London taking selfies in the mirror. And he said that Theophilus was like, what's up, OG? And then brought up DL's back and forth with Kanye. Uh, DL Hughley said the conversation was very brief. And, you know, he said the conversation ended after... They exited the bathroom. He said he was surprised to continue his night and find out that stories were circulating about him being pressed. Mm-hmm. And then DL also had posted that same picture and captioned it, who who the F is Theodore Huxtable? And why is he video bombing my table while I'm having dinner with friends and family? These new cats are built way different. Where do you draw the line on clout chasing? I would say taking a video in the bathroom at Nobu while another man has his eggplant out. Security was doing their job, keeping the clout chases away from the guests trying to enjoy their dinner. Congrats, you played yourself. He did play himself, and it's sad because, you know, those folks think they're helping Kanye, but they're just hurting him. You know, Kanye's been very quiet the past few days, and I think he's going to remain silent because the white man tapped that jaw. And there's nothing Kanye respects more than white validation. They took him off IG. They took him off the Grammy stage. Don't be shocked if Coachella says Kanye's no longer headlining. You saw people calling the gap you know, to drop Kanye. And Kanye not stupid. He's not going to mess up the bag. So if he's smart, he'll remain quiet and take some time off to go, you know, deal with that hurt. He has to he has to heal right now. He's got to heal from that divorce. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. And I pray he does that. I really do. All right. Who are you giving your donkey to? Oh, man, four after the hour. This is why you got to listen to the kids, bro. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, a Florida woman named Kristen Wiley. She was wilding. We'll discuss. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions. Make sure you tell them to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. 
A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for attacking a flamingo. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Donkey of the day. With Charlemagne the God. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. Well, it's not me, Duval. It's your state. Okay, Donkey of the Day for Tuesday, March 22nd, goes to a Florida woman named Kristen Wiley. Uh, she is 49 years old, and she resides in Vero Beach, Florida. Now, what does your Uncle Charlotte always say about the great state of Florida? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. That is a statistical fact. Okay, it's not an opinion. It's science. There are basic science facts. Okay, like the Earth orbits the sun. Water is the liquid state of H2O. And people from Florida are crazy. Now, one thing I'm big on is breaking generational curses. Okay, I'm not doing all this therapy and healing work for nothing. You know the motto, when it comes to generational curses, it ran in your family until it ran into you. And that's why I have to cheer and applaud all the babies out there who know better than us adults. All the youngins who see the error in adult ways and have no problem checking them. See, just because someone is older than you doesn't mean they can't be called out when they are doing wrong, okay, by someone younger. All right. The youth are the hope of our future. What did the late great Whitney Houston say? Uh, I, I believe that children are the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you. Well, thank God Kristen Wiley was blessed with the nine-year-old she was blessed with. And it seems, you know, it would do her some good to listen to her little jit more often. Okay, see, Kristen Wiley was wilding because she was driving drunk with her nine-year-old in the back seat. First of all, driving drunk in 2022 is archaic, okay? Especially with all these ride shares available. As long as you're not calling your ride share when you're drunk so you can go fight in Ukraine, calling ride shares when you're drunk is absolutely what you are supposed to do. Driving drunk lets me know you don't care about yourself, you don't care about anyone else on the road, and if you got your nine-year-old in the back seat, you damn sure don't give a, give a damn about him either. All right. Nobody wins when you drive drunk. Driving drunk is simply one test you can't afford to fail. And one thing you realize when you drive drunk is that, you know, trees and guardrails defend themselves very well. OK, this is also what I mean when I say the only thing that keeps any of us safe is human behavior. We are all trusting that we are doing the right things, because if I get drunk and get behind the wheel, my behavior puts so many others at risk. I can potentially kill folks because of my negligence. And the fact that Kristen Wiley was drunk with her nine year old in the back seat lets, you know, lets me know everything I need to know. OK, and, and please understand, this is one of those ones that will make you lose faith in humans, but it will restore your faith in humans just as quick. Let me tell you the story. See, Kristen Wiley was a drunk driving suspect, according to investigators. Uh, Kristen, who is a teacher, a teacher. My God, how can I trust you with my kids when you don't even care about yours? Kristen was allegedly so intoxicated that she narrowly avoided striking a police car as she drove on a Vero Beach street around 2 a.m. The cop car had its lights flashing because they had pulled over to handle an unrelated incident. Now, when deputies approached Christian's 2018 Ford, dropping the clues bombs for 2018 Ford, that's what we need to see at the car showing. Okay? They spotted her son, who was not wearing a seatbelt, in the back seat, curled up and crying. In the arrest affidavit, this is when it gets good, in the arrest affidavit, hmm, a cop noted 
that the wobbly Wiley's eyes were water and red in color. That's how he described her, wobbly Wiley. Do you know how drunk you gotta be for someone to say you wobbling and the damn wobble not even playing, okay? If ain't no wobble, baby, wobble, baby, wobble, baby, wobble, baby, get in there if that ain't playing. And by in there, I mean in the back of the squad car, okay? The police said Kristen Wilding was wobbly. Eyes, she had eyes that were watery and red in color, and there was a strong odor of an alcoholic beverage emitting off her person and her breath. When asked by police if she had been drinking, Wiley said no. Mm. That is when cops say a young boy became a man. This is when Simba became Mufasa the leader of Pride Rock. This is when police say they understood what Whitney Houston meant when she said she believes children are the future. Because when Kristen Wiley was asked by police if she was drunk and she replied no, her nine-year-old son came from the back seat and said, and I quote, Mom, you can't lie to the police. You did drink. Drop on the clues bombs for that nine-year-old, okay? <laughs> then the young man told cops that his mother had been drinking at a party and that he had asked her to slow down while they were driving back to their Vero Beach home. Dropping the clues bombs for that nine-year-old once again. The child said he was very scared while Kristen was operating the vehicle. The child also told the cops that he saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. And he also said that sometimes mommy puts sugar on the table and sniffs it up through her nose and then yells, Whoa! But that had nothing to do with the story. After her child did his civic duty as a human and told on Kristen, she admitted to consuming two vodka mixed drinks at a party. She declined to perform a field sobriety exercise. She later agreed to a breath test, which recorded her alcohol content at nearly three times the legal limit. And in addition to a misdemeanor DUI count, Wiley was charged with child abuse, a felony for allegedly driving drunk with her son in the car. She was also charged with resisting uh arrest okay for snatching her hands away when a cop sought to handcuff her and if you ask me she's going to end up getting a charge of intimidating a witness because as soon as she tells her nine-year-old i'm gonna beat your ass when we get home i'm gonna beat your ass that's intimidating a witness the moral of the story is listen to the kids bro okay please let remy ma give Kristen wiley the biggest hee-haw 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 you stupid mother are you dumb? Mm-hmm. We gotta play a game. You wanna play a game? I wanna play a game. You wanna play a game? Yep. Hey, right, let's play a game. Let's play a game of Guess What Race It Is! All, All right. right, Kristen Wiley. 49 years old of Vero Beach, Florida, was driving drunk with her nine-year-old in the back seat, and her nine-year-old told the police, yes, my mom was drinking. Mm -mm. Guess what race she is. Angela Yee. I'm going to say white. Okay. What makes you feel that way? Um, I don't know. Just the feeling that I have from the story. <laughs> it just feels white. Yeah. <laughs> You know, kids, I think when I was young, if that would have happened to me, I would have been like, no. Because we're taught to, you know. Envy? Have the family's White. back. <laughs> White. Why do you say that? Well, you know, my daddy was a police officer. He's mm -hmm. retired now. No matter what, kids supposed to stay in the kid's position. You shut your mouth. You don't say nothing. You don't talk. You say absolutely positively nothing. I don't care what's going on in this house. You don't take outside, inside business outside this house. Well... I'm going to say Angelie and DJ Envy, both of y'all are right. I mean, right. <laughs> what? 
Y'all are both right. Okay. Christian Wiley is Caucasian. This is her right here. But to play white devil's advocate. Oh, boy. I'm a nine-year-old in the back seat. I've been told about the dangers of drinking and driving for a long time. You don't care about my well-being. I'm back here with no seatbelt, curled up, crying, and you driving drunk. I got to get out of this relationship, okay? I need better for my life. And then what's going to happen when you get home? And don't, I'm, you're going to beat me, and then I'm going to call the police, and you just intimidated a witness. Now you got another charge. And then you're going to get beat again. Well, now I need a new house. Yeah, that's, that's, all, child that's, abuse. that's really what I'm, exactly. And that's really what I'm trying to get at. I need a new location. Send me to my grandma or something. <laughs> this isn't working out, okay? I don't think this little young man did anything wrong. He didn't. And I encourage well, it, okay? You yeah, see well, something, say something. Nah, not at all. Even home. if it's your mama. Mm-mm. Especially nope. when it's your mama driving drunk with you in the back seat. Now that's wrong. With no seatbelt on. That, that she is, don't care about you. That's absolutely wrong. She don't care about you. But And guess what? If she was to get an accident, little boy will die and she'll live. That's just how the things work out because she's so drunk and her body all numb. Little boy would have flew out the window. Yeah. She, he did the right thing. Dropping the clues bombs with that nine-year-old Caucasian individual. All I okay. know, he carried. He carried his carrying. I was raised. You don't take inside business outside this house. You shut your mouth. Mm-mm, that's different. Not when I'm in danger. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Not when I'm in danger. Did your mom and daddy teach you the same? Not when I'm in danger. I don't, my parents would never put me in that situation. Nine year old in the back seat, drunk as hell. No, they won't put me in that particular. I carried my carry. Say I was. You don't say nothing. Mm-mm. Shut your mouth. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I All think right. the kid is justified in this situation. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of mm-hmm. the day. Now, uh, let's go back a little bit. Open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Tamron Hall uh, stopped through earlier today. <laughs> we had a conversation with her, and this is what she was saying about her ex-fiance. I was once engaged um, to a man, and we went on vacation together, and we parasailed. And we were out in the ocean in Cozumel or somewhere. This was many years ago. And the parasail snapped. I can't swim. I flew into the ocean. He was still on the boat. I called off the wedding. Absolutely. I called, and that's a true story. No, as you should. The guy on the boat who didn't even speak English was like swimming toward me. He was on the boat chilling. He didn't move. He was like, you had a life vest on. He was a lifeguard growing up. Mm. All right. What would you do in that situation, ladies? Mm-hmm. 800-585-1051. Now, I just want to say some things before we go. Just oh, imagine gosh. the rope is 100 feet long, right? 100 <laughs> feet. So now if I jump in the water, the boat's going to get back to you before I do anyway. Envy. You had Are a you life vest on. I'm playing this? both sides. I'm playing both sides. I got to say, say both sides. You had a life vest on. If you were panicking, that's something different. But if you weren't panicking, you had a life vest on, you chill it. But he knows she can't swim. But you have a life vest on. I'm just playing both sides. 800. I ain't gonna lie. I went home and asked my boyfriend after this Mm -hmm. interview yesterday, like, what would you do? 800. What did he say? 585. He was like, like, why would you ask me a stupid question like that? I'd jump right in and get you. Let's talk about it. 800 585 1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Uh It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, Taryn Hall was here this morning, and um, we were talking about her ex-fiance, and this is what she said about him. I was once engaged um, to a man, and we went on vacation together, and we parasailed, and we were out in the ocean in Cozumel or somewhere. This was many years ago. And the parasail snapped. I can't swim. I flew into the ocean. 
He was still on the boat. I called off the wedding. Absolutely. I called, and that's a true story. No, as you should. The guy on the boat who didn't even speak English was like swimming toward me. He was on the boat chilling. He didn't move. He was like, you had a life vest. You had a life vest. He was a lifeguard growing up. 800-585-1051. We're asking, what would you do in that situation, ladies? If your man didn't jump in, would you end the relationship with the, with the wedding that y'all were planning over? No more fiance? Is it called off? What would you do? Let's start with you, Yee. I mean, her situation, I think she did the right thing. They locked eyes. He also used to be a lifeguard. So it should have been his response, even if it wasn't his fiance. As a lifeguard, it should kick in uh, with your instincts. And so just that whole situation, the way she described it, plus she can't swim. So right. you know that she can't swim. You used to be a lifeguard. You all locked eyes and you still was chilling. No. Now, now somebody that used to be on the swim team and it was also a lifeguard, I would definitely jump in you to was a lifeguard? save my wife. Yeah, learn how to do be a lifeguard. I was on the swim team. I was nice. I got busy. Mm. But I would definitely uh, jump in to like save. Like in the movie Pride. To save my, my wife. That's just who I am. But... There gotta be other variables, and I'm just saying this, and I'm not making an excuse for it, right? You think about it, the line that holds you on your parasail has to be 100 feet at least, right? So if it drops, if you jump in the water, the boat's gonna pass you on the way to her, right? Now, if she's not panicking, if she's panicking, that's what are you different. talking about? You gotta jump in and go get it. But if she's there, she has a life vest on, she's floating, she's chilling. So the boat's gonna come around and get her. But if, think about that cord broke. You're already panicking just off of that. Like, she's got to be nervous. And she can't swim. But if she hit the water and she's floating because she's not panicking, if she's panicking, screaming, then you got to go get it. But if as she's, a person not, she's who in the middle of the myself, ocean. Yeah, as a person who can't <laughs> swim myself, when something unexpected happens and I can't swim and I'm in the water, I'm panicking. And exactly. you should be panicking for me because you know I can't swim. And I can't swim, so I don't know what I would do in that situation. My mind would probably say, you know, jump in the water, go get your wife. But my mind would also say you cannot do anything for her. And this literally happened like a week or two ago. We talked about it during the interview, you know, in I, I forgot where it was at, but um, a fiance fell into the water and her her fiance jumped in after her. And then he got sliced by the fishing boat propeller. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was in Florida. In Florida. Yeah, it was I mean, in Florida. You, you hear that a lot. Uh, I would tell anybody who doesn't know how to swim, please try to learn how to swim. But yeah, I, I would just just me. I would definitely jump in for my, my wife. Hands down. Hello, who's this? That's nice. <laughs> Hello, my name is Rio. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, I'm how are you? Black and highly favored. How are you? What would you do? I'm good. Um, I definitely would not stick around for somebody who would not save me. Last mm -hmm. year, me and my husband were kayaking in Jacksonville, Florida, and I got stung by a stingray, and he kayaked two miles back to the dock, carried me, and I'm not a small woman, to the truck and rush me to the hospital. I would not stick around for somebody who would do That's what, I mean, that's what a man's job is. to do. A man's job is right. to protect and provide. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Brittany from Michigan. Hey, Brittany from Michigan. Now, what would you do? You, you, you fall in the water, your man's on the boat, and he's like, go ahead, go uh, get it. woman would be on the boat. The what? My woman would be on the, my woman would be on the boat. Oh, your woman. Sorry. I Got would you. kill her if she was still on it. But no, if I fall in the water and I'm just flapping for help, she's hopping in to get me. She's hopping in to help me because it's a simple fact like you want to give your significant other and lover that type of security and make them feel safe that they can trust you. Yeah. So regardless of me having a life vest on, her having a life vest on, letting me be the only one up in the air at a time or her only up in the air at a time. Like, no, I'm, I'm hopping in to save her, hopping in to help. And then the boatman, the attendant. 
he can help us in, back into the boat because no. And the truth to the matter is, man, I feel like that would be anybody's instinct to do that. And I keep thinking about uh, Jay-Z when he was on the shop. And that's what Jay-Z spoke about. He was like, he went, to, he learned to swim because he couldn't fathom the fact of, you know, one of his children being in the water and him not being able to go out there and rescue her. Yeah. 800-585-1051. The crazy part is the, the reason I learned how to swim is we were on vacation in Florida and the hotel we went to, a kid had just drowned. So there Damn. was a police, you know, police ropes and everything and from there, my dad was like, when we get back to New York, you're going to learn how to swim because I don't want this to happen to you because I can't come get you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that was the whole thing. Oh, your dad don't know how to swim either? Mm-mm. Damn. 800-585-1051. We're asking uh, if you're out on a boat. Well, let's just Tamron Hall. Let's happen to Tamron Hall, and this is what she did. Let's listen. I was once engaged um, to a man, and we went on vacation together, and we parasailed, and we were out in the ocean in Cozumel or somewhere. This was many years ago. And the parasail snapped. I can't swim. I flew into the ocean. He was still on the boat. I called off the wedding. Absolutely. <laughs> I called, and that's a true story. No, as you should. The guy on the boat who didn't even speak English was like swimming toward me. He was on the boat chilling. He didn't move. He was like, you had a life vest. He was a lifeguard growing up. What would you do in that situation? It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it, man. I know it, man. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club Top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about Taryn Hall. She was on the show earlier, and this is what she said. I was once engaged um, to a man, and we went on vacation together, and we parasailed. And we were out in the ocean in Cozumel or somewhere. This was many years ago. And the parasail snapped. I can't swim. I flew into the ocean. He was still on the boat. I called off the wedding. Absolutely. <laughs> I called, and that's a true story. No, as you should. The guy on the boat who didn't even speak English was like <laughs> swimming toward me. He was on the boat chilling. He didn't move. He was like, you had a life vest. He was a lifeguard growing up. Yep. What would you do in that situation, huh? You're out there, you're flapping, and your husband or your fiance, I should say, is just like... You're flapping. You're flapping your arms. I understand why Tamron felt that way. I mean, number one, a man's job is to protect and provide, and you used to be a lifeguard. You have no reason. (laughs) Your first instinct should be to jump out there and go attempt to save me. And and I get it, too, because, I mean, you got to look at it like this. All right, this is me. What happens if we have children and your child falls in water? You going to do the same thing? And once again, the fact that he's a lifeguard... (laughs) <laughs> you know was what I'm saying? Was a lifeguard. It don't matter. You're always a lifeguard. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, you was a lifeguard. <laughs> like, you had absolutely, positively no reason not to jump in that water after uh, Tamron Hall, sir. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's going on? What's jump. going on? This is DZ from DC New York, man. How's everybody doing? What's up, brother? Go Talk to us, man. Man, I don't know about that one, man. I, I kind of feel on both sides, man. I hate what you're saying, man. You're 100, 100 feet away. I don't know about jumping in that water, man. I was in a similar situation uh, with my, uh-uh. my now wife. Man, we was in Panama City on a jet ski having fun. And, you know, look, we, we got a little crazy and we both fell asleep in the, in the water, man. And, um, you know, I'm circling around trying to figure out where she is. And by the time I realized where she at, she halfway up the jet ski, man. She even looked back. I, I'm, I'm halfway, you know, away from the jet ski. And I'm trying to push her up before I realized that she already on the jet ski looking at me. She ain't helping me either. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. She's not my wife. I don't know about breaking off the wedding. We were dating back then, but we've been married almost three years now. But but here's the difference. Here's the difference, King. You're not a lifeguard. Tamara Hall's ex was a lifeguard. 
Yeah, but that don't mean nothing. Lifeguard is that 16. That means everything. Not nothing at 30, 40 years <laughs> no, old. No, that means everything. The same. No, that means you know, everything. Got a life vest on. You know, I started panicking because you're in the middle of the ocean. I feel, I feel what she was saying. You know, taking the chalk was under her. By the time I even realized that she was up to death, he took back, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. Being a life is it, different. He might have been a lifeguard at 15, 16 years old. I don't it's know. Not the same. They locked like, eyes I can't and she. Do the same stuff as a lifeguard. They locked life. eyes. She can't swim. She said that they locked eyes and he said, well, "What you about to get into?" <laughs> <laughs> he was eating chips. Hello, who's this? Hey, this Lena. Lena, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Talk to me. What's going on? What would you do in that situation? Um, so I actually kind of had a situation similar to that. I went just in with my boyfriend and another couple, and we were in the ocean, and I fell off the jet ski. Ooh. I was riding with another girl, and she was trying to do tricks in the water, flip mm -mm. us over in the ocean. And what happened? Luckily, my boyfriend had just took off on his jet ski. He came back, like, right away. He, he didn't see us, so he just came back. He was like, oh, I didn't see y'all, so he turned around and came back. I hope that's your husband now, after he saved your life. I mean, yeah, we've been together 10 years. But okay. But we're still together. All right, that's okay. cool. Don't worry about it. Now, I what would you have done if he didn't? What, what would you have done if he didn't swing back around for you? I mean, I, I don't know, honestly. That man is a keeper. He's a protector and he's a provider. He yeah, saved your he, life. He came, back, he came back and got me, man. I thought I was going to die. I was panicking for real, for real mm -hmm. panicking. And it don't matter that y'all been together 10 years and y'all not married yet. I've... I broke that We're record. Gonna get, We're going to get married. <laughs> yes, y'all will. <laughs> I think I was married 12 before I got married. I, I he, came back and, he came back and got me out of the water, man. I was scared to death. Like, mm -hmm. I can't swim. Yep. Damn. All right. Well, thank you, mama. I was actually married 16. I was with my girl 16 before we got married, actually. 16 years. What took you so long? Yeah, it's just life. Okay. That's All right, what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is Tamron Hall's boyfriend should have absolutely, his fiance should have saved her. He was a lifeguard. There's no really no excuse for him. The rest of us got an excuse if we may not can't swim. If you are a lifeguard, bro, like, come on, man. Imagine dude being a chef, having food in the house, but telling his wife, I don't want to cook for you. Nah, certain things you got to do if you qualified to do it. So the lifeguard should have saved her. That's the moral of the story. All right. But well, we got rumors on the way, Easy. Yes, and let's talk about Pusha T. Who is he beefing with now? You won't believe it. All right, we'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Just imposing that you give it to me and just me only. My goodness. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the Twerk God. He's a twerk. twerk. <laughs> Charlemagne the Stallion. I drop it. Goodness gracious. Let's I don't know why he's been in here trying to emulate uh, Maxwell. If you guys have seen this viral clip of Maxwell performing, Charlemagne was trying to... Well, no, it was a challenge because, you know... It was that a challenge? Maxwell, they, Maxwell, they calling him Maxwell the Stallion because he was, you know, doing his thing, on his, bouncing them knees. And Envy challenged me. I just had to let him... You know, just, so wait, Envy did it too? Nah, he just said, I bet you can't do that. I just had to let him know. <laughs> so you know so that's all I mean? we got to do to get you to do something is bet you that you can't? Probably. <laughs> Let's get to More it. Like Let's talk Pusha T. <laughs> This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On the Breakfast Club. Listen up. Nah, 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 nah. All right, well, Pusha T 
Posted just dropped a diss track with Arby's, grabbed some popcorn and a spicy fish sandwich. And he said, Arby, pay me, but I would say this anyway. And by the way, you know he did the whole da-da-da-da-da. Him and his uh, mm-hmm. brother, No Malice, actually did that original McDonald's jingle. I'm loving it. And so here is that diss track. I'm the reason the whole world love it. Now I gotta crush it. Filet-O fishes. Then you should be disgusted. How dare you sell a square fish asking us to trust it? A half slice of cheese, Mickey D's on a budget. Arby's crispy fish is simply it. With lines round the corner, we might need a guest list. Eggs is stage left. The sandwiches taste fresh. A little cube of fish from a clown is base. That's the best thing Arby's has done ever. Now, how does McDonald's respond? I have no idea, <laughs> but I'm surprised that Arby's even was culturally in tune enough to go get Pusha T to do that. Because I drive by Arby's all the time and ask myself, how are Arby's still in business? Who I, eats at Arby's? I didn't know Pusha T did that. Da, 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 da. Yes, you did, no, man. I didn't. Who didn't know that? I didn't know that. Did you know that, Red? I, I, didn't de- know that. I definitely knew I didn't that. know that. How much did he get paid for that? Half a million? And he didn't get the royalties on it. Holy cow. And Justin and he Timberlake said he was got young. six million. Yeah, Justin Timberlake recorded the song, so he got six million to record it, and him and No Malice wrote it. And so he said he wasn't thinking about ownership, royalties, none of that. I've definitely heard Pusha or Pharrell. Somebody told that story. I, I, I definitely knew they wrote I that did, jingle. No, I'm not mad that, at this. That's McDonald's longest running jingle too. And let me tell you something else. That new Pusha T album, I don't know when it's coming out, but I've been blessed to hear it. All I'm gonna say is absolutely Pusha's best body of work, and I'm gonna leave it at that. I don't want to. I don't want to put too much sauce on it. All right, now get ready for this extended version. To Summer Walker and says this song, No Love, featuring Cardi B. They all went on live together. That's going to be really fun. And here's what happened. Oh. I feel really, really good. I don't know if people know. I was arguing with my label for a very long time about this song, that this song going to be the one. And here it is. The one. It's the one we working. It's the one we doing. It's the one they're all excited about. And now you just topped it off. And the video topped it, topped it off. I'm just really excited. You looked good. Yeah. You have really looked beautiful. Like, so that's wow. Summer Walker talking about uh, Cardi B getting on that with SZA. Okay. No love. That's going to be dope. Now let's talk about Lotto. All right. So we played this audio before when she was on with Big Boy and she was discussing the issues that she was having with her album and trying to get things cleared. Here's what she said. I'm clearing my album right now and it's been like difficult to deal with these men. You know what I'm saying? They right. they don't know how to keep it business and then they <laughs> want to like What do you mean by that? It's a feature on my album um that it was like it was difficult to clear and they like trying to drop their n- on me <gasps> because I won't respond to a, a DM. Wow. Yeah. Really? Is yeah. it a, a and without saying the name, huh. but is it artist or producer or somebody artist. Pu- Oh, wow. Artist, yeah. And they'll still be on the album. Yeah, just because I love the song so much and I had to turn it in yesterday, so I didn't really have a choice. So I was like back into a corner like bully. All right, so a lot of people were commenting on who they thought it was because the track list was released. This is turning into a good hip-hop whodunit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when Savage is on there, Lil Wayne, Childish Gambino, okay. Lil Durk, Nardo Wick, and Kodak Black. And Kodak responded, because people were thinking it was Kodak from when he did the interview up here mm-hmm. on The Breakfast Club and commented about working with women and feeling like he has to sleep with them. Uh, and he responded, that mulatto girl is not talking about me, homie. I see y'all steady reaching, LOL. Shorty ain't even say the N-word name on that ish. I don't know why the F y'all trying to make an N-word wear that jacket. I'm too fly for that. Well, it's because, Kodak, of what you said prior. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he talked about working with Dream Doll, and, you know, he had said that prior, so mm-hmm. that's why they, they're saying that. But he's saying, it wasn't me. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now let's get to the mix, the People's Choice Mix, 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. The Breakfast Club. We got a shout to Tamron Hall for joining us this morning. Yes, I really enjoyed Tamron Hall. I think she's really amazing. Everything she had to say, she's funny. She's uh, super ridiculously smart. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed talk- hearing her talk, and she's so empathetic. I mean, Tamron Hall is a, a legend. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the person who's won, you know, Emmy Awards. She worked at MSNBC. She worked on the Today Show. You know, like she was a, a host on Deadline. Like Tamron, yeah, Tamron Hall is really, 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 you know, been around. So, salute to Tamron Hall, and you know, just how she keeps evolving and growing. Really great conversation. Make sure you go check out that full interview on Breakfast Club YouTube page. It's over like, it's like an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a long, long. one. It That's didn't right. feel like it. Didn't feel like it at all. So, salute to Tamron Hall. All right. And, and I'm telling her, so is so big amongst like a certain demographic because I'd be in the airport and like random white people would be coming up to me saying, oh my God, I really enjoyed you on Tamron Hall show. That's great. Speaking about mental health. Thank you very much for having those conversations. My son needed to hear that. Like, and that's been, I did that like three years ago. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. All right. All right, well, when we come back, we got the positive news. The Breakfast Club, good morning. Nobody morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne, you got to, um, you finish uh, doing your squats this morning? You was dropping it low all morning long, bro. Why are you acting like you ain't never seen me do that before? Yeah, but you ain't doing it My in a knees while. are sturdy, King. Huh? All right, sturdy. And let's talk about how Envy is so jealous of Maxwell. Whew. You know how people be like low-key trying to hate. He sent the video of Maxwell. I don't know if you've seen the video, but there's a video of Maxwell getting his Megan the Stallion on, showing how sturdy his knees is. And he sent it to his wife like, this your king? I can do and that, Gia too. replied back, yes, No, she did not. Is. No, she did not. So he a little is. backstory. Uh, Maxwell is uh, probably my uh, my wife's favorite artist. No, 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 no. no. Maxwell is your wife's... Man Crush Monday. That's her hall pass. She gets a hall pass from Maxwell. When I seen the video, I just sent it to the group chat, and I was like, "Oh, this is your king." Shout out to Maxwell. He is the he's the homie. But you know, they got a chat. The chat. There's a chapter in y'all book called Unfortunate. Shut up, man. Shut up, man. It's called un. It's called Unfortunate, and then it says in parentheses, "Not Maxwell," and that's what she talks about not being satisfied. Yo, Sexually, she, right, Yee? Not, yeah, that's not did. it, man. Leave us on the bottom. She said she needs more wood for the fire. No, no, that's not true. That is not true. I hate y'all. Leave us on the bottom. You got something? Oh, yes. And I also want to talk about our first NFT collection that we dropped a moment at the Breakfast Club. Uh, we did that this week with one of our individual collections sold out in one day. But maybe you didn't know, we also launched a free green edition NFT called Hopeful. So you can claim your free uh, The Breakfast Club NFT for a chance to win a flyaway trip. For two, you can visit The Breakfast Club studio in New York City. It's very dirty in here, so wear gloves. Uh, that promo ends on Sunday, March 27th at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can find the official rules to get your free The Breakfast Club NFT. You can go to oneof.com, and you can start collecting NFTs on OneUp because signing up is free. It takes less than two minutes, and you don't even have to have a crypto wallet. You can actually purchase this with your credit card or crypto if you so choose. 
All right. Well, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? I do, man. And this is for all the clout chasers out there, man. The people that do anything for clout. Uh, just know that you really got to beware of people that will do anything to get on. Hungry dogs ain't loyal. They eat with anybody who got food. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs>